Merry Christmas. Okay, uh, today, a little bit of a different sort of a Christmas message. Uh, it's entitled A Christmas Quiz. A Christmas Quiz. How many here have ever taken a quiz? Raise your hand. All right. You know, if you've never taken a quiz, we might wonder at you. But a quiz is something very common. Uh, how many took this quiz before, say, a final exam? Anyone? A quiz before a final exam? All right. How many get scared at final exams? Yeah, they can be kind of daunting. Uh, but the idea of the quiz is to help prepare us for the final exam, right? Well, we're going to talk about a Christmas quiz. How about that? Let's start with prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we now pause again and ask that you would please get the preeminence and help us to lift up Jesus in our hearts and lives today. Holy Spirit of God, take the Word of God uh, and apply it to our hearts. Take logic and apply it to our hearts as well. We pray that you would have your own way and that you would lead us to a closer walk with you. Help us to see past the things of this life. It's just smoke and mirrors. The things of this world are nothing in comparison with what's waiting for the beloved in heaven. Help us, Lord, as we go through this message with an eye to eternity. In Jesus' name we ask, amen. Well, um, this is not a quiz for fun and frivolity. <laughs> this is more of a quiz to see how we're, we're doing in this life for the Lord. Now, we just read the scriptures about the, the wise men who came in with their gifts. And uh, we say there's three wise men, but, you know, when our back is against the wall, we don't know for sure. There could have been two, there could have been four, but personally, I think there was three. Uh, if there had been four, there'd probably be four gifts. And I don't see any problem with one gift per wise man. So anyhow, and that, that's not the, uh, the real issue here, but look at what they gave. They gave frankincense, gold, and myrrh. And uh, that's, that's quite something. Now, did you know that the Bible indicates that there are six different gifts that any Christian can give to the Lord? There are six basic gifts uh, divided into two categories. You say, well, what are these six gifts? Well, we'll start by going back to the wise men. Now, the wise men came for this reason, to worship Jesus. That was their reason. It wasn't like they were on their way to Miami on a vacation, on a carnival cruise, and so they just pulled into port and just said hello to Jesus. Their whole purpose of the trip was to see Jesus and to worship him. And they decided to bring gifts. And the gifts they brought, now this is key, don't miss this. The gifts that they brought with them to give to Jesus were expressions of their worship for him. And that's why they brought expensive gifts. They literally brought gifts fit for a king. Those three gifts were so expensive back in Jesus' time. The frankincense and myrrh are very affordable these days, but back then it was, uh, it was very costly. Now some people may wonder if these wise men really needed to give gifts that cost that much. And they wonder if cheaper gifts 
could have accomplished the same effect. So we need to ask, is there such a thing as a correct and incorrect gift to give to God? Is there such thing as a correct gift and an incorrect gift when you're giving to God? Now, we do have an example back in the book of Genesis, Cain and Abel. They came to worship God, and they each brought gifts. The gifts were expressions of their worship. As you know the story, Abel gave a correct gift to God, and God accepted it, whereas Cain gave an incorrect gift to God, and God rejected it. By the way, God has that power to accept or reject. He has that power. He doesn't have to accept everything we offer to him. He can reject things too. The worshipers who came to God in the Old Testament were commanded to bring the best of their flock. It was specific. If they had uh, two, um, two uh, sheep, one uh, that was perfect and the other one had some flaws, they were not allowed to offer that flawed gift to God. It had to be perfect. They had to take the best of their flock. They were commanded to do that. Now, when we come to the New Testament, we're not under law, we're under grace. But you'll still find that the, the worshipers brought gifts that expressed their worship. You look at someone like Barnabas, for example. Now, he came not by constraint, not by commandment, but he came willingly, and he offered, in the book of Acts, he offered to the Lord a very costly gift. And that's what grace is all about, folks. We have the freedom and the power and ability to do what's right. And so, it's not too hard to understand that the wise men wanted to give the very best expressions of their adoration and worship of Christ. That's why they gave him those gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. But how does all this translate into life for you and me, for the average Christian? Uh, we don't got a million dollars. No, we can't put a million dollars in the offering plate. But is God expecting that? Let's take our Bible and open to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. We're going to take a look at an important verse of Scripture here. 1. Chapter 3, and maybe... Uh, keep your seats, but I'd like you to read verse 12 out loud together with me, so we'll all do this together. I'm going to get a little participation going, participation, that's the, that's the word. A little participation going today. Verse 12, chapter 3 of 1 Corinthians, let's read it together. Now, if any man build upon this foundation gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, this is a familiar passage, I think, to most all of us, and we realize that Paul is talking in the context about building a church. The foundation in verse 12 is in verse 11. Jesus Christ, he is the foundation. So the context here is a pastor building a church. And the question is, what kind of building materials is that pastor using to build the church? Now, we're not talking so much physical as we're talking spiritual building materials. Um, a church can meet out in a park. A church can meet in somebody's home. A church can meet in a facility like this. The facility is not the church. The people and the ministries, that's the church. 
And so in this chapter, Paul is talking in context of a pastor building a church. The foundation, there's only one foundation, that's Jesus Christ. You will not build a, a biblical New Testament church on uh, Buddha or on uh, Muhammad or on anyone else. It has to be on Jesus Christ. He is the foundation of the church. And on top of him, we build. Now the question is, what kind of building materials are we doing here? What is the pastor using to build the church? And I think we'd all agree that uh, we've got two basic categories going here. We've got gold, silver, and precious stones, category one, and we've got wood, hay, and stubble, category two. And so I would like to suggest to you, you can disagree if you, if you so choose, but I'd like to suggest to you that the better building materials to use in order to build a church are gold, silver, and precious stone. These are the building materials of choice. Now, how does that sort of translate uh, in today's life? Well, I'd like to suggest that if it's going to be a good church, you want to use the best building materials, you have to use the scriptures that teach the Great Commission. A good church will be heavily involved with the Great Commission. A good church will be preaching uh, the gospel, teaching the people how to be soul winners, leading the church into good gospel preaching missions and supporting missionaries. I think that that's very foundational. Something else I think that is a good building material to use in building a church is godly living. There ought to be a proper separation from the world. The world has its things that it eats and drinks. The world has its style of music. The world has its lusts. The world has its, its priorities. And these things the Christian need to separate from. Now we are in the world, but we're not of the world. Jesus said that. And so the building materials in category number one, the gold, silver, and precious stone, I believe are referring to this sort of Good, good things, anyhow, to build on top of Jesus. Uh, the Great Commission and uh, holy living, those are good building materials. Now, the second category, uh, wood, hay, and stubble. It seems progressively, you know, less and less, it seems, anyhow. But when you think of it, wood, hay, and stubble don't even sound like they belong on top of Jesus Christ. If we're going to put something on top of Jesus, it ought to be the gold, silver, precious stone. Wood, hay, and stubble don't, don't sound proper on Jesus. Now, I'd like to suggest that this would be trying to build a church uh, using uh, sermonettes and tickling people's ears and just using stories, maybe talking about the news and the weather, but not preaching the Bible. The Bible needs to be taught and preached systematically, lovingly, carefully, week after week, until Jesus calls us home. And there are churches today that have departed from that, and they go more into uh, tickling of the ears. There's something else that uh, some of these building materials, wood, hay, stubble, might refer to in today's context is a heavy emphasis on entertainment. Uh, entertainment is not a good thing to build your church with. It's okay to have a little bit of fun, no problem at all. But when the church is largely built around entertainment, be careful, be careful. 
Christians need to be wise when they go to church. And you need to pick a church uh, that has Jesus Christ as the foundation and the building materials are gold, silver, and precious stones. Now, that is the first and primary context, but there's an application of this verse or this passage to every one of us here today. Because if you're here and you're actually born again, you're a saved Christian, you're building your life, aren't you? For the Lord Jesus Christ, are you not? We're all supposed to be getting a little better and better and stronger and deeper and richer day after day. As Christians, we too are in the building program and we're building our lives but what kind of building materials are we using that's the application here that I'd like to get at which building materials of these two categories gold silver precious stone category one wood hay stubble category two which building materials are you laying at the feet of Jesus as an act of worship and adoration the wise men came and they laid at the feet of Jesus gifts that were expressions of their adoration, their worship. Costly gifts that cost them. It's one thing about King David. You know, when he came and he was going to do a big sacrifice on Mount Moriah there, you know, the Temple Mount where the Solomon built his temple. This is way before Solomon built his temple. And it was Onan's threshing floor. It was owned by a guy named Onan. He'd, he had it, his daddy had it, his granddaddy had it, and so on. It was a threshing floor. It was a perfect place, too, because it was raised up a bit, and some wind came through, and you know how they would thresh the wheat, and the chaff would get blown away, and the, the wheat would fall. That's the threshing floor. There was, uh, there was a big... Uh, plague in Israel at that time and David went and interceded uh, with, on behalf of Israel to God and God told him it's because of certain sins and so David went to make a sacrifice and he went to Onan's threshing floor and Onan came and met him and says what can I do for you my king and King David said I, I need to make a sacrifice to the Lord and I want to uh, buy your, uh, your oxen here and the wood implements and Onan he said listen he said you can have it you can have it all you can have the land you can have the oxen you can have all of the wood you can have it it'd be my gift to give it to you and David responded and he said I will not uh, sacrifice to God that which cost me nothing now that would be the equivalent as you coming to church and you have your, your tithe in your pocket, but on your way to church you see that some poor guy uh, dropped his wallet. And so um, maybe there's no identification in the wallet, but there's $40 in the wallet. And you hold up the $40 and you say, I'll give this to the Lord. I don't have to give my tithe. I'll give this. David wouldn't do that. He would never give to God something that didn't cost him. You see, because it had, to, it had to come from the heart. Gifts that you give to the Lord have to be expressions of your adoration and your worship. And so the question today, taking our cue from the wise men and looking at what building materials are available for us, what can we lay at the feet of Jesus? Gold, silver, precious stone, wood, hay, stubble. We need to do a little heart searching today what kind of building materials not which kind do you wish you were giving but what kind are you actually giving what are you actually in life 
truly giving to Jesus as an act of adoration and worship? That's the question here. I suppose we could put it a, another way. Which describes your worship and adoration best? So we're going to have a quiz. It's called a Christmas quiz. Now, of course, at the end of the year, we find ourselves, and every year we say the same thing. This could be our last Christmas, folks. We've said that for how many Christmases now? Because it's true. It could be our last Christmas. I'm not thinking so much of death as I'm thinking of the Lord's coming. The Bible talks about that very specifically in Corinthians and in Thessalonians. Jesus is going to come, and he's going to take us by surprise, too, I bet. Thing is, this could be our last Christmas. Well, that's what the quiz is for. Because you see, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 12 indicates there's a final exam coming. That final exam will, will be at the feet of Jesus. We'll talk about that in just a few minutes. But today, it's something like a quiz. Now, I'm going to ask you six questions. You're going to get points. It's a quiz now. So take out a piece of paper. Go for it. I know some of you are thinking, oh, this is silly. Well, of course it's silly. You think I would do anything else? <laughs> but humor us all. Take out a piece of paper, a little scrap of paper. Use the back of your, uh, your bulletin, if you like. You'll need a pencil. There's one in the pew there, or you may have a pen. Maybe someone beside you can loan you a pencil or pen. But we're, I'm going to ask you six questions. You're going to get points for each question. Your points will be from one to six, depending on what you answer. Now, points are given according to the gifts that you're giving for Jesus. So gold will get six points. Silver will get five points. Precious stones will get four points. Do you follow that? Yes? Simple, isn't it? Guess where we're going with wood, hay, stubble? Three, two, and one. Okay? So if one of your answers is stubble, you get one point. If one of your answers is gold, you get six points. So I'm going to ask you six questions. So the most that anyone can get on this quiz is how many points? 36. Right. Six times six is, say it with me, 36. So that's the most anyone can get. So if you say you got 37... We'd like to see how you did that. Um, the least. What's the least number of points you could get on this quiz? Six. Right. Okay. I think you understand then. So are you all ready? All ready for the Christmas quiz? Now, the first thing I want you to do is I want you to think of a number between 6 and 36. Now, I want you to think of what your score, your final score might be. Just so you know yourself. You face yourself every day in the mirror. You live with yourself. So how do you think you're going to do on this quiz? And I just want you to make a mental note. Don't write it down. Don't tell it to someone. But I want you to think of a number between 6 and 36. How do you think you will do in this quiz? And just think of that and tuck it in the back of your, your mind. So uh, some of these questions are tough. Some of them are tough questions. Some of them are easy questions, okay? But here we go. What you want to do now is figure what would be your normal gift? What would be the normal gift you would give Jesus when it comes to your church attendance? 
What kind of gift, what kind of building material gift would you give Jesus when it comes to your church attendance? Now, going to church is definitely an act of worship. How precious a gift uh, to Jesus is your church attendance? Now, I'm talking about when you're healthy, not when you're sick. We have people away today. They can't come to church because they're sick. By the way, if you ever get sick, we'll pray for you. Don't come to church. <laughs> Just let us know. We'll pray for you. And if you ever end up in a hospital, let us know because uh, we don't have any uh, mind-reading tricks yet. And uh, there's no uh, angel from heaven that comes and tells us you're in the hospital. So if you end up in a hospital, let us know. And we'll come and visit you and we'll pray for you. But when you're healthy... Here's the question. When you're healthy, are you here on time, listen, for all of the services of the church? All of the service. It's not, do you wish you were here for all of the service, but what do you actually do? Are you here and are you on time for all of the services? Now, if you are, that's gold. You get six points for that. If you're actually here every time you're healthy and you're on time, you get gold. You get six points from that. Someone says, well, wait a minute. What about people that have to work on Sundays and Wednesdays? And that's a good question. There's no, no problem, actually. If you've got to work, you've got to work. But when you're not working, where are you? That's what we're saying. You're not on shift? Understood. Where are you? On Sundays and Wednesdays, are you in church? on time. And if you are, give yourself gold. Now, we're not talking about, careful here, we're not talking about voluntary work. And the boss says, hey, I'd like uh, two or three people to work on Sunday. I'll pay you double time. And your hand goes up. Well, your score goes down if your hand goes up. You know, you ought to keep the Lord's day for the Lord, not for anyone else. It's the Lord's day. It's an act of worship when you go to church. It's an act of your worship. And how precious a gift is that? Is it gold? Well, let's figure it out. If you're, if you're always late for the 10 a.m. Sunday school, you'd better give yourself silver. That's five points. If you always miss coming to Sunday school, score yourself precious stone. That's four points. If you regularly miss Sunday nights or Wednesdays, you get wood, three points. If you regularly miss Sunday nights and Wednesday nights, that means you get hay, that's two points. And if you only come to church once in a while, maybe once a month, whenever you f the, the wind blows you, score yourself stubble. Now, this is subjective, folks. And I'm not going to come around and look at anyone's score. This is just between you and the Lord. So make your best guess. Just make your best guess, whatever you get from six down to one. Let's move on. Question number two. I told you some of these are going to be tough. Question number two. What would be the normal gift that you would give Jesus when it comes to your daily Bible reading and prayer? Do you never, ever miss a day reading the scriptures and getting on the knees and praying? Of course, unless it's something beyond your control, like, you know, heavy sickness. If so, score yourself gold. You never miss a day. Score yourself gold. That's six points. Do you miss the odd day? Score yourself silver. Do you miss several days per month? Precious stones. Do you only read and pray a 
few days per month, a couple of days, that's wood. If you only read your Bible and pray once a month, that's hay. And anything less than that is stubble. So again, make the best decision you can. Let's get on to question number three. What would be the normal gift that you would give to Jesus when it comes to your faithful giving of tithes and offerings for missions? That's worldwide evangelism. So for gold means that you always tithe and you always support faith promise missions. Give yourself gold. If you miss out giving tithes and offerings a couple of times a year, give yourself silver. If you miss giving tithes and offerings maybe three, four, five, six times in the year, that's precious stones. If you only give a tithe and you don't support missions at all, that's wood. If you only tithe once in a while, that's hay. And anything less than that, even to not tithing, that's stubble. All right, you ready for the next question? Are these getting easier or harder, by the way? Are you getting hotter or cooler? What would be the normal gift that you would give to Jesus when it comes to your dress code, when you come into the house of the Lord? Do you dress as if you're going to visit the King of Kings when you come into the house of the Lord? If you do, that's gold. Do you dress in the grubbiest clothes you can possibly grub in? That would be stubble. Anything in between, you take a guess. While you're doing that, I got to tell you a funny story. It's about this Christian man who went to visit another Christian man at his work. And this second Christian man, he was a, a, a highfalutin businessman. And so the first Christian man went to visit him and uh, he was met by his friend and he was dressed, oh, to the nines. Oh, he looked good. Nice shirt and tie and suit and everything was pressed and his hair was in place. And uh, the man took him around and showed him his business. They had a great visit. And then the, uh, the second Christian said to the first man, he says, why don't you uh, come to church with me this uh, Sunday? And the guy said, I'd love to. Okay, and he gave him the address. I'll meet you there, 11 o'clock, Sunday morning service. I guess they didn't have Sunday school in that church. And so uh, come Sunday, 11 o'clock, the guy comes in. He's looking around for his businessman friend, and the guy walks up to him. And he's in the grungiest clothes, just shabby as can be. And his friend was amazed. And uh, the, the, the uh, Christian businessman said, what are, you, what are you amazed at? And his friend says, well, when I went to visit you in your work, you were just dressed so immaculate. And here we are in church and you're dressed all grubby. Why is that? And the Christian businessman said, well, it has to do with a promise I made to my mother. And the guy says, a promise you made to your mother? Yes, it was a long time ago, and I made this promise to my mother, and I've kept it ever since. The guy says, what was the promise? The Christian businessman said, I promised my mother, or my mother made me promise. Let me put it this way. My mother made me promise, son, please never wear your work clothes to church. Now, that's not the funniest joke you've ever heard. Think about it, and you'll, you'll get it later on but it is kind of cute. So anyhow, you score yourself uh, according to what you think. 
You know, if you were on your way to a great wedding or something, how would you dress? Uh, if you were on your way to plant potatoes in the garden, how would you dress? So, let's move on. Question number five. What would be the normal gift that you would give to Jesus when it comes to your witnessing and inviting others to church? Now, once again, gold is given to those who never miss an opportunity to let their light shine. I'm going to be honest with you. When I took this test, I didn't get gold on this one. I wish I'd gotten gold on this one, but I've let opportunities slip through my fingers. So gold is for those who never miss an opportunity to let their light shine. Stubble is given to those who rarely, if ever, even attempt to invite a lost person to church. Anything in between, you're going to have to take your best guess. Precious stones, wood, silver, hay. You know, you've got to figure it out there. Now we come to the last question. Aren't you glad the quiz is just about over? What would be the normal gift that you would give Jesus? Now, by the way, remember, all of these things, what we're talking, remember the application. The wise men came, and they were going to adore and worship the Savior, and they gave gifts, costly gifts that were expressions of their seriousness. We find that when we're building our Christian lives, we've got categories of gold, silver, precious stone, and categories of wood, hay, and stubble. And so the application is, as we build our lives for the Lord, as we worship him with our lives, it's like we're laying down building materials at his feet. And just going through some of these areas will give us kind of an idea as to how serious we really are in our worship and flat-out adoration. Lord, I am your servant. Here is my life. I give it to you. It's only a quiz, but the final exam is coming one day. Question number six, what would be the normal gift that you would give to Jesus when it comes to your service for Jesus in a regular ministry at the church? Gold is for those who do the best they can serving the Lord faithfully every week in a church-related ministry. Stubble is for those who don't do any type of ministry or service for the Lord. And anything in between, you'll have to take your best guess. Where do you fit in? Now, some of those are tough questions. They're penetrating. And you've got to take your best guess. And I want you to add up your score. Now, remember, the most that anyone can get on this quiz is how many points? 36. And what's the least amount that anyone can get? Six. So you're all guaranteed six points. Every one of you here, guaranteed six points. Now, a rough way, a rough way of figuring out how you did is by looking at your overall score point. For example, in category one, if you scored anywhere from 24 to 36 points, you live in category one. If you scored anywhere from six to 23 points, you're living in category two. But, you know, to be quite honest with you, I don't really think that's accurate. I don't think that that's an accurate, proper way to 
look at the results of the quiz. You say, why is that? It's because in some areas we're going to get gold and in some areas we're going to get stubble. And so it's probably better to do sort of a comparative method here and to uh, do the score that way. Now this means to, to look at um, uh, your score, um, to, uh, if we look at what gold and what is gold and what is not, we can see where we're strong, right? And we can see where we're not strong. That's a simple quiz, but I'll guarantee you this, it comes a whole lot closer to the actual truth than doing nothing. If you just let things be as they be, compared to if you take a quiz like this, you'll get a whole better picture of how you're doing. And that's what we're concerned about here. We feel that we're not a perfect church, but we feel that we're a good church because Jesus Christ is our foundation and we're doing the best we can to lay on top of him, building materials that are gold, silver, and precious stone. We're trying not to use any wood, hay, and stubble. And if we inadvertently do, we want the Lord to show us so that we can, you know, correct that. But by taking a quiz like this, you will see very quickly where you are strong spiritually and where you are weak spiritually. You'll see it both, won't you? Well, I'd like you to take your Bible now and turn back a bit to Romans chapter 14. Now, I mentioned at the beginning, a couple times, I think, that <coughs> the quiz comes before the final exam. Just to clear up any doubt, just in case someone here might be thinking, well, I, I, you know, I don't think that I, I will have to stand before the Lord. Uh, I want you to see that you will. In Romans chapter 14, I'd like you to look at verse 10. Now, the context here, of course, is in judging thy brother. In, and it's a bad context. It's doing bad things, kind of. Why dost thou set at naught? That means nothing. Thy brother. This is a brother in the Lord to say, oh, you're a worthless Christian. You're useless. You're, a, a, you're just a nothing, a big zero. Why dost thou set at naught thy brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. See that? Every one of us. Now, if that doesn't put the period right there, and, you know, if that doesn't, then let's go a couple pages to the right to the book of 2 Corinthians. Now, we were just in 1 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians in chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and also verse 10. This one I'm going to get you to read out loud with me, okay? 2 Corinthians 5, 10. Read it with me out loud. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. That tells you right there that us Christians are able to do bad things. We're able to do things on earth that are bad. You mean wicked sin? Well, I don't mean so much that, although it's possible. Wherefore, let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. That's true. Any, any Christian here, if they really wanted to, could go out and use alcohol and drugs and, you know, they could. Is it right? No, it's wrong. 
It's an abuse of the body, and it's wrong. But I'm not talking about that. When he says here things that are done, whether it be good or bad, good for rewards or bad loss of rewards. There's a lot of things that Christians do that are bad, and they don't realize it. Things that will not result in the glory of God, things that will not result in eternal rewards. They're just things, and they may glory in those things. Uh, nothing wrong with playing golf. I play golf once a year if I can find the time to get out, you know. Uh, fishing, it's a little harder for me. Um, but uh, nothing wrong with those. But for the man who may live for fishing or live for golf, that's a problem. That's a problem because he's using up all his time on something that's not going to bring glory to God. It's not going to win souls to Christ. It's not going to result in eternal rewards in heaven. And so in that sense, it's bad because he's wasting his time. Every one of us have been given a certain number of days in life. That's all we have. What are we doing with our time? It's important that we use our time wisely. So teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. We only have a short life. That's all we've got. You might think 80, 90 years is a long eternity. You are wrong, wrong. Even if you live to be 100, it's a short life. That's all it is. You've got a short life. What are you doing for Christ to bring him glory and to bring profit and fruit to the master? That's what we're driving at today. And the purpose of the quiz was just a, a simple kind of a rough sort of way to take a look inside and see how we're doing. Now, I got to ask you this. After you've taken the quiz, are you really happy with your results? Are you ready to stand before Jesus with that little piece of paper and say, here it is, Lord. Here it is. Because think about it. These things are expressions of your adoration and your worship of the Lord Jesus Christ. You worship him by coming to church. You worship him by giving tithes and offering. You worship him by letting your light shine and being a witness. You worship him when you serve him. These are acts of worship. How precious are they in your eyes? That's a question that you have to answer. But according to 1 Corinthians 3.12, Jesus is going to use a system something like this. Gold, silver, precious stone, wood, hay, stubble. He's going to use a system, something like that, to judge us if he can reward us or not. Everything you do as a Christian is a gift that you're laying before the Lord Jesus. Will he accept those gifts? And some of them gold and some of them stubble. Our quiz today is something like a quiz before the final exam. If Jesus should return January 1st, this is it, folks. This is our last Christmas. Are you ready to take your final exam? Or are there some things in your life you want to change? Because if there are, that's what this altar is for. On the invitation, I, I beg you to come and lay those areas on the altar where you want the Lord to help you to change. Say, it is Christmas, isn't it? And on anyone's birthday, we, we usually give them a birthday gift. What birthday gift are you going to give to Jesus today? If you're here and you're not born again, why don't you give him your heart so you can be saved? I think he would like that. He would like to come into your heart, into your life, and make you a new creature. He would love to do that. If you're saved, you've never been baptized uh, or joined the church, why don't you give him that as a gift for Christmas? 
Or maybe you're saved, baptized, a member of the church. Why don't you give him your faithful attendance as a gift, an act of worship? Why don't you give him your tithe and your faith promise for missions as an act of worship? Why don't you give him your service? Give him a little bit of time every week to serve him as an act of worship. I've told you about an a, a evangelist I heard about who was at a church and doing a revival. And after the services were over, there was this husband, wife, a young couple, and they were really dressed well. Apparently, they were worth quite a bit of money. They were millionaires or something. And they had on rubber gloves, and they were in cleaning the toilets. And he thought, that's kind of odd. You don't see that every church you go to. And he asked them why. Can I ask you a question? Why you seem to be very well-to-do people? Why are you in here cleaning the bathrooms? And they said, they said to him, Pastor, it's because we don't want the money to go to our head. We don't want to become proud and highfalutin. We want to do something that will keep us humble before the Lord. And this was the humblest job we could find. That's why they did it. Isn't that a wonderful spirit? Isn't that great? What will you give the Lord Jesus at Christmas? Let's stand to our feet now, shall we, and have a word of prayer. And I want to invite you on this invitation. Make it your Christmas invitation.